I am Brother Cornell West, and this is Hip Hop Can Save America. Peace and love, everybody. It's your man, Manny Faces. Just wanted to let you know that Hip Hop Can Save America is now available as a live stream show every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. You can find it at hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Excerpts from that show will be played here on the audio feed, so you'll still get the good interviews that you've been used to. But check out the live stream and check out my free Substack newsletter at mannyfaces.substack.com. That's filled with all kinds of stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and generally hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. For everything hip-hop can save America, hiphopcansaveamerica.com. For everything Manny Faces, mannyfaces.com. And if you find value in this work, you can support it. We'd love to have you aboard as a supporter at patreon.com slash mannyfaces. Now let's go. The thing about hip-hop uh, today is it's smart. It's insightful. The, the way that they can communicate uh, a complex message in a very short space is, is remarkable. And a lot of these kids, they're not going to be reading the New York Times. That's not how they're getting their information. So hip hop didn't invent anything, but hip hop reinvented everything. Yes, yes, y'all, you don't stop. It's showtime, not at the Apollo. It's your man Manny Faces. Rocking with you live one time for your mind again, live the Hip Hop Can Save America podcast live for the month of September, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, wherever you're watching me now, YouTube, Facebook, a few Facebook uh, channels that we're on and uh, of course available as a podcast. So if you don't catch the lives, you can always come back and subscribe via whatever podcast app uh, you use. Uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, we're there. Hip Hop Can Save America. Look for it. Subscribe to it. Uh, get notified when we drop a new episode. We're dropping new episodes, as you can tell, uh, every Monday through Thursday for the month of September. And then a, a special bonus episode here and there. Uh, I've been dropping bonus episodes. Try to do it on Friday. Got a little tied up, but you'll get bonus episodes sprinkled through the month. Discussing the intersections of hip hop in different areas of society outside of mere entertainment. So we're talking about hip hop and education, which, as you can see on the screen, is something we're rocking with today. Uh, but as you've been watching us or listening to us for the past few weeks, and then the couple of years that the podcast have been around, other areas including science and technology, health and wellness, and counseling and mental health therapy. Also, I think we'll touch upon today uh, the fine arts, uh, social justice. Uh, politics and activism, spirituality, which we touched upon last week. So a bunch of different aspects of society that are uh, impacted and influenced by hip hop, music and culture. I think more than some people realize uh, and in ways that are beneficial. Right. These are the, these are things that benefit humanity and improve society. So these are the, the kind of intersections we like to talk about here. You'll note that this is presented by the Center for Hip Hop Advocacy. This is a nonprofit organization, which you can go to hiphopadvocacy.org to find out more about. Uh, I'm going to drop a couple links in the uh, in the in the comments section of wherever you're watching me, because we do have a really cool newsletter that goes out. And this this newsletter is uh, uh, sort of a curated assortment of articles and resources uh, often that go into this kind of thing. So articles that, that focus on these intersections, uh, they're not always found in your 
standard hip hop media outlets, uh, which focus tend to focus more on the entertainment side. So we got the rest covered, the rest of the culture, uh, and of course the intersections of these areas. So I'm going to drop uh, a couple of things out there. Just want to give some props to, well, I'm kind of giving us props. I'm kind of self-serving with this one. And then we'll get to our guest uh, who is waiting in the green room, as it were. Uh, I want to give a uh, shout out to, I just noticed this today and it just, you know, it's like I said, it's a little self-serving, but it's important. And uh, I like it because we are fully kind of an independent shop. I like to be independent, independent minded and such. And sometimes when you're independent, you don't always get the recognition that other places get just because you're not as big, you know, to be honest. Uh, and I noticed that uh, just recently we were added, our, this podcast was added to a, a sort of an article, a listicle, if you'd call it that, on uprocks.com, the music podcast you should be listening to right now. It's something that's continually updated. And I noticed that as of, I guess, July, we were added to that list. Hip Hop Could Save America added to that list in great company, along with, you know, podcasts from NPR and uh, New York Times and Quest Love and Rap Radar and a bunch of other, you know, podcasts that were on this list. And I wanted to give props to them for doing that because, like I said, as a small independent organization uh, talking about these things, you know, it's not always the flashy part of hip hop, but it's the most important to me. Uh, and I appreciate them. Also, we are listed incredibly on the revolt tv 13 hip-hop podcasts to check out while working from home uh and number one is drink champs and number three is joe budden and number two is us so i'm glad that we're obviously these things help obviously when you want to have your message delivered and put out there to the world and the things we talk about are so important because it does have to do with healing and saving lives and uplifting lives and livelihoods and communities and youth especially so i know it's a little self-serving i just want to say thank you to those outlets for placing us there and uh, for you to go ahead and, and let people know that you're listening to this podcast, uh, that you're listening to this live stream. Share this with your people. You can do it right now. If you're watching live, you can hit the share button and just let people know, hey, we're getting into something today I want you guys to know about. Uh, I want you guys to participate in that. So with that all being said, that's the news you can use for the day. Uh, I don't know how well you can use it because you're already here, uh, but you know, you got to give props. Uh, you can't always complain when they're not paying attention. You got to also say, hey, thanks for paying attention. So I appreciate that. Once again, this is Hip Hop Can Save America. You can find this on a podcast feed, and I encourage you to do so. Uh, you'll get the bonus episodes that are in the works that will come out that won't be done via video. And uh, if you do support the work, patreon.com slash manyfaces. But that's not as significant as you simply sharing this podcast letting, uh, and this live stream letting people know. Once again, we can see you in the chats, in the comments. Uh, shouts to Eddie. Shouts to Dove on a check-in so far. Uh, say hi. Uh, throw any questions our way, and we'll pass them along. Uh, without further ado, again, just wanted to give a little time for people to trickle into the into the into the show. I think we're gonna rock and switch. Hey, Rissa, we're gonna switch to our guest and rock and rock out and just get this talk going. Uh, this gentleman I've I've been wanting to talk to for uh, quite some time done a lot of work in these fields again these intersections of hip-hop and education counseling uh and uh conference making and doing all these things uh and so with that uh, i would like to welcome dr nate Novato to the show what's good what's good manny thank you for having me good to have you uh, i appreciate your time and uh already your work i mean you know we've talked i think uh, a little bit briefly and i just appreciate you taking the time to be here congratulations uh doctor by the way <laughs> I know. Thank you so much, man. It's been a long time coming, but uh, yeah, you know, we got to do the work. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. I put it out there. I make sure that, you know, some people are humble about it. I, you know, I, I, my daddy was a doctor, uh, uh, sociology professor, distinguished yeah. professor. So I, I give props, man. That's a, that, is a, <laughs> that is a path that takes a long time to get to, sir. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate it that really that it's all done kind of under the guise, not under the guise, under the umbrella of hip hop. Right. This is a hip hop doctorate that we're talking about. Um, right. You know, I don't think you, you hide from that fact. Uh, real quick, just because we all wear a lot of hats, no pun intended, we're wearing hats uh, in this game. It's you, you don't do one thing. It's very hip hop of, of us. How do you, though, present yourself sort of professionally to the world right now, your current kind of status and who you are, and what you do sort of on a day to day? Yo, it's a it's a really humbling uh, profession. You know what I mean? When I introduce myself, I really say, look, I'm a college counselor. That's my profession, right? Um, part of being a college counselor, I also run different programs. So I coordinate the Cypher Hip Hop Learning Community that really stem from our annual conference, Rock the School Bells, which I'm a, the director for. So right. um, first and foremost, I just let folks know I'm a college counselor, I'm an educator, I'm a teacher yeah. foremost. So that's yeah. how I enter the world. Yeah. Again, those aren't simple black and white things either. That, that covers a whole gamut of activities. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know that COVID is throwing everything off uh, a little bit, um, but in your role as, you know, sort of school counselor, educator, what's what's sort of your your day to day looking like these days? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's funny you ask, man. We, you know, I had an opportunity to check in with other educators, other other counselors in terms of how they navigating these space, because when you really think about um, counseling and you really think about education, a big part of it is really connecting to your students. Yeah. Now, connecting with your students online comes with a lot of issues, and a lot of problems, right? You know, um, it's not the same as being in person where you can yeah. really create those those natural human connections. So yeah. the challenge is, is, how do we begin to make those those connections online virtually in a very authentic way? And when you're thinking about hip hop, you know, hip hop virtually and trying to connect with students, it's it's like oil and water. It just doesn't necessarily <laughs> mix. Right. Right. right? Because we got to be in the space. And, um, you know, we're hearing it from a lot of our students, you know, how to teach, uh, how to teach our students, how to connect our students to topics while navigating for these many students, while navigating their own issues right. at home, right. at work. Right. Right. So you're sort of like having a very multiple layered challenge that you're facing with a lot of the students. We'll get into some of the specifics, I think, of how, you know, you use uh, how the intersection of hip hop comes into, you know, your life and your work. But I, I wonder if, you know, because it's radical, you know, radical educating and, you know, doing all these things that, you know, seem kind of outside the box, although to us and the proponents of the movements, the the sort of hip hop based education movements, it it's just makes sense. You know, for other people, it's crazy. Right. <laughs> um, does being sort of that sort of hip hop minded, think outside the box, radical educator, give you some tools or some advantages in a time like this where it's all kind of figure it out as you go along and 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 hack it and try to make it work do you get some you know do you have some leg up on some of this stuff oh absolutely absolutely i think that's just that's just endemic to hip-hop right hip-hop is is really adapting to the space adjusting to the space and that's right. what hip-hop has always been about um it is not just focused in classroom spaces or or counseling spaces but you're also thinking about institutional wide um, opportunities where, you know, administrators will maybe look at you and say, hey, Nate, you know, you've been doing this type of work with different programs and classroom pedagogies. Like, how might we navigate this institution as a whole? So mm. I'm starting to see the value of understanding hip hop as an educational tool, but also an educational strategy to help move systems forward. 
Right. Right. And so a lot of it has been proven and a lot of it has been as a result of my understanding around hip hop and just living in hip hop because you're naturally always adjusting and adapting and it's almost become second nature. Mm. Right. So when the pandemic hits. It's not that, you know, oh, what are we going to do next? Or right. how we remix next, it. That, right. <laughs> we just go and we create, yeah. we innovate. Right. Yeah. And when you have like minded individuals who come together, so I have some cypher faculty that I work with, we just brainstorm. We, we don't just we don't just stop. We just push forward and push the envelope forward, because at the end of the day, it's really about our students. Yeah. So, so tell me about the, the cipher learning community, uh, what kind of its role is under normal circumstances, quote unquote, and then how yeah. it's adapted and pivoted under these circumstances. Well, absolutely. Yes. So, um, you know, when cipher was created back in 2014, it was a response to how do we create educational spaces for students that really want to engage in hip hop. Right. But it's not necessarily in, uh, integrating hip hop into certain classes. What I'm looking at is how do, how might we use hip hop as a way to meet some of our students educational goals. Right. Mm. So hip hop doesn't become this one time elective. It's much more than elective. Mm. I think it's also part of a general educational goal, whether they may become in a, a business major or a psychology major or or or, or a medical major right and just right? for clarification so students you're talking about college college you're college students college. Mm-hmm. yeah we have the college so part of that discussion is really redefining and reimagining uh what a educational pathway will look like for a student who may come from high school and then wants to transfer to a, a college institution or for a mm-hmm. university because what's end up happening is that there's always the same narrative that this is the way to do college, right? <laughs> right? What we're arguing is like, we can do college differently, still still maintain and uh, successfully complete some of these outcomes, but, but in a way that really resonates with our youth, with our yeah. students. And yeah. for a lot of our students in our community, hip hop is something that really gravitates to them. You know, people might argue, well, you know, hip hop is bringing them into the classroom, but how might you allow them to develop themselves as college students so they can be successful? And that's where Cypher really comes into play. We're really, really about amplifying their voices, about develop their advocacy skills, about um, uh, developing their understanding of culture to become citizens, that they can become more responsible in, in the worlds outside of school. Right. Right. So the life cipher skills is that big cipher. It's about like yeah. communicating with students and, and engaging. So um, so that's what we do. And that's that's what the cipher hip hop learning co- community is about. What does that for people who understand the educational system traditionally? but aren't really familiar with hip hop, except for maybe on a cursory level, you know, what they think hip hop is. The activities you're describing there, sort of the teaching of the life skills, the teaching mm-hmm. of the uh, collective, the ability to communicate better and to think critically and all the things that you're, t- what did that look like in old school, <laughs> like in old education? What does that translate to, to people who are familiar with traditional education, but not familiar with, with hip hop? What, what did that take the, not take the place of, but what does that enhance? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, that, that it's not necessarily replacing education is providing an alternative, right? right? When you think about traditional norms of education, it's really so much about who holds the knowledge, who holds the power in the classroom. When you're engaging in hip hop, you're being inclusive and being able to say, you know what, we're going to center our students live and their experiences in this classroom space right. and be able to connect it to topics that's outside of this space, right? Right. 
Because at the end of the day, we always want to make sure that they understand that as they're entering their classrooms, our students enter these classrooms, they are knowledge bearers. They understand. They, they, they hold this wisdom. And how do we begin to draw that wisdom out? Yeah. So it just becomes this, um, I become the student and you become the teacher. And when you have a history class that operates that way, when you have a sociology class that operates that way, when you have my class around personal development that operates in that way, then you begin to develop a, a self-confidence that a lot of students never had when they were in the K through 12 systems. Right. 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 Because they're, they're taught to listen and to, to, to be soaked up with this, all, all this knowledge, this, this information right. from high schools and, and led to believe that that's the truth. Right. right. But what we're talking about in college, particularly in the cipher, is that there is no real truths. Right. There is everyone has their own truths. and It is important for them to speak their own truth, depending on where they're coming from. Perspectives so, and all. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What What are some of the actual examples of how anecdotal, you know, just activities or just something that you could describe that this program kind of takes advantage of in a, in a very specific way? Yeah. Uh, most recently, man, you know. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, we would, would love to do some partnerships with our community, right? And so mo- more recently, last year, we were to, to connect with a local record, uh, local coffee shop, okay. right? And this coffee shop said, you know what, Nate? I love what you're doing over there. We want to create a visual art and gallery. And so part of my lessons in, in my personal development class is that they create art pieces. They create visual art pieces or they create music or we decide to create this, this showcase at this local coffee shop with the intention of teaching them a unit around identity and intersectionality. Mm. Now, keep in mind, these are like young 18-year-old kids thinking that they're going to be uh, engaging a very traditional college success class. Right. And now they're supposed to create this art piece or produce music mm. at a local coffee shop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And, but then when they're engaging in that journey and they're engaging in that type of uh, activity, they're starting to reimagine, see that education is so much different than, than what they're so used to. Right. That they're at the forefront and they're at the center of, of this learning space. Mm. And so when we had that uh, coffee shop uh, showcase with live music and the art pieces, you could see what it did to not only themselves as the students of the class, but also their friends and family that also came to support them as well. Mm, and mm. so when you have family members who did not, who do not familiarize or identify with hip hop, see this visually right, and they see right. their own son and daughter respond in that way or see them perform for the very yeah. first time, yeah. that does something, you know? That's and cr- so you're talking uh, yeah. about a class that's just, for me, it's a college success class, but for me, it's right. about like, before we talk about time management skills or goal setting <laughs> skills, I wanna learn about you. Right. What makes you successful? Right. You know and again, that, that makes it like you can you're excited to to be in school. <laughs> you, yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I forget who it was, but it was like, oh, it's Elliot Gann. Who's, uh, My dude. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of his like slogans is something like, I wish I had that when I was in school. Like, I wish we did it that way for us. Oh, because, yeah. You know, to, to, to be welcome, you know, we, hip-hop-based educators say, look, the pro- part of the problem is that we we tell students to put out, leave that all out the door, to leave it outside mm-hmm. the classroom. Don't bring it in with you. And and you're telling me to, like, this is my authentic self, for better or for worse, you know, for whatever characteristics I have as a person, as a human, coming into a space that I'm trying to learn the best way I can, but you telling me there's only one way I can learn? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we know that doesn't work on a, on a even, a, even forget hip-hop. On educational, multiple intelligences, whether you learn from visually or, you know, audibly or kinetic, you know, there's different ways that people learn. So we mm-hmm. know that telling people to leave their authentic selves at the door 
isn't going to be as effective as, like you say, welcoming them to an inclusive space where they and their family members are all together, like celebrating yeah. being in school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like this is a class. What? What is Man, this? Listen. Yeah. Where in your path through life on your road to becoming an educator did did, did hip hop fall in? Uh, I, I I guess hip hop came for like chicken or the egg. Did hip hop <laughs> kind of come? I guess hip hop probably came first. But and then uh, were they parallel your path to becoming, you know, an educator? When did they cross over? How did that whole thing happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, um, it didn't really. So I grew up in hip hop. I mean, I lived in the East Coast in Virginia for about eight years. I remember, okay. you know, walking to school, heading to the bus stop and, and, and seeing young kids of my age just rapping and just 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 break dancing on, on the the cardboard. Right. right. And so, you know, when you think about that 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 narrative you don't really think too much about its future impact right because right. it, it didn't impact me until say my master's program when i was in counseling okay. and the reason why it hit me um because i began to draw upon myself about like how hip-hop has really changed my life because you know having done some emceeing some writing even dabbled in in a little bit of dj a part of hip-hop really stuck with me and it, it just really helped me during a, a hard time in my mm-hmm. life particularly in the high school years right and so when I was going through this graduate program, you know, my, my advisors had said, it's like, hey, Nate, since you're going to be getting a master's in counseling, what are you going to do with it? And I wasn't, look, honestly, I was not prepared for that question. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was uh, hip hop. I'm going to do something in hip hop. Right. And he looked at me all crazy talking about like <laughs> hip hop. It's like, how are you going to put hip hop in counseling? Right. And, and, and honestly, um, I really didn't know. I knew I wanted to do something in hip hop and counseling, but I didn't know at the time what that was going to look like because I knew that hip hop had a way to really impact lives, right. allow uh, students and my, like myself to right. be able to navigate all these different challenges that I was experiencing. Right. So how is that going to manifest? I, I didn't know at the time, but you I knew it. I needed to be in, 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 in counseling. Hmm. So, and then the rest is history, right? We start to build off that way. And that's where Rock the School Bells really was born. Um, back in 2007, we're talking about, shoot, 13, 14 years ago, mm. uh, when a set of students just came to, came to me and say, yo, Nate, you know, what might it look like if we incorporate hip hop into our educational classes? And so it really was led by, by 20 plus students in my class that had this conversation. And, and, and let me just backtrack for a moment. Yeah. We took a, we took a field trip to San Francisco to, to check out the, this hip hop crew called Blue Scholars out, out of Seattle. And they was talking about all these different type of issues that a lot of my students could relate to. Right. And one question my student would ask like, well, why is not that, that, that music not in the, on the radio? How can right. we only hear that out here? Mm-hmm. And so I, I put the challenge out to them. So what you gonna do about it? And they were like, well, we need to, we need to put together a conference. And we right. know when we hear the word conference, we all <laughs> kind of shiver a little bit right. like, what does that all mean? Right. You know, <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, my students were starving around the history and culture of hip hop and being able to just, you know, reshape um, the narrative hip hop into something much more positive because they know for them, it was very positive for, for, for them. So right. um, that's how Rock the School Bells was born in 2007 when we all collectively with students wrote a tiny grant to start this conference. Right. You know, so, um, so it was a long time coming, but um, it was a, uh, that's how it really started. Yeah. Rock the School Bells had several iterations over the years. It was a, a successful program. It uh, led to a lot of collaborations. Where, where does it stand now with everything that's going on? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so now we have like three chapters. We got three other colleges that have Rock the School Bells. Um, so we are all kind of coming together a little bit to talk about what does it look like in this virtual space. Right. The one thing that we know for a fact is this, that we cannot have like a one day conference, right? Nobody can be on Zoom or any kind of platform for that long of a period. Mm. And so we're going to really look, re- re- look at how we're going to offer these different types of workshops and webinars and activities and engagement opportunities in a way that's still have the flavor rock the school bells, but also right. inform and educate our students, our community about hip hop. Yeah. And so that's going to definitely look different. It might look like an episode's weekly series. Um, it's funny you asked that because because I'm teaching on Zoom, my students would 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 jokingly say, "Man, your class feels like a podcast or like a radio show." <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but it's, it's let, let me give you a piece of advice. Think <laughs> twice before you decide to do a daily version of the podcast. That's all I'm saying. Just trust me on that one. <laughs> hey, big ups to you for being number two right now, man. You went above Joe Budden, man. Like, man, wow. Listen. Listen, Come on. but yeah, doing it daily was crazy and live. It's, you know, and thanks to yeah. you for coming on live and thanks to everyone for coming on live, by the way. I figured, <laughs> I figured people were going to flake out on me. I'd have to talk to myself for an hour. Everyone's come through, but uh, yeah. I like the idea of an episodic kind of keep it. Cause you're right. You know, it's cramming everything to one day. And again, this is, I don't know, it's not a blessing what we're going through, but the blessing and the curse of what we're going through in a way is that we're adapting and finding a way. I wasn't doing a daily live stream video kind of thing, and that's helping me reach new audiences and spread these messages to different people. Mm-hmm. You would have done the conference the old typical way, which nothing wrong with that, right. um, but maybe now doing it, you know, sort of virtually and in a different, you know, smacking it, flipping it, rubbing it down a little bit differently. <laughs> You're going to get other people that you might never have reached in a traditional, you know, on campus, got to fly to California, got to fly to Hawaii. You know what I mean? Um, You might get that. So there might be, there's always a a benefit. There's a way to make something good out of something bad. Absolutely. It's a hip hop way. Yeah. Um, What were some of the tracks or... You know, sessions. What what the, what would the? Uh, I know it's not typical, but you know, a, a rock the school bells conference yeah. kind of look like. What were some of the things that happened? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally we'll have our our elements of hip hop, right? Um, we're always big on uh, maintaining and preserving the culture of hip hop, and so being able to share with our students the different elements, the history behind it, yeah. and then bringing on hip hop practitioners that that actually have done that work, right. pioneers that have done that work. Um, And then when you kind of extend it a little bit further out in terms of how do we address social justice issues, health and wellness, um, education, um, all these different uh, branches, business, entrepreneurship. Then we bring out other folks that are are putting in um, work within that, within the lens and context of hip hop. Because at the end of the day, Manny, uh, you know, I I see myself as someone as a college counselor and I, I see myself as how do I get my students to see majors and careers in a different way, right? right? Because I don't want them to be stuck in a box. I want them to be creative. I want them to kind of adapt their understanding of like, when I'm, when I have, when someone asks me, what do you want to be when I, when you grow up, I want them to feel confident and say, you know, this is what I want to do. I want to do something different. I want to do something innovative. I want to do something creative. Right. And I think with rock the school bells, what that does, it really pushes that those, those boundaries and say, you can do much more. You can be much more creative. Because when you're going out in the workspace, oftentimes you get judged by this already systematic structure that's already in place. And sometimes people don't want to push back on it because it's not the practical job or occupation, right? But now we're living in a world where 
Now, everybody's thinking like in this pandemic, oh, it's great to be innovative. It's great to be creative, right? right? Now, since we're facing that in that dilemma, now right. it's okay to be that way and right. to create jobs and to create professions. So with Rock the School Bells, you know, it's two points, you know, preserving the hip hop culture, the elements of hip hop culture. And then secondly, how do we expand uh, the boundaries in which we could use hip hop in these different spaces? Yeah. Obviously, that's what this show is about, telling the stories of the people who are thinking that way and using hip hop in all these different spaces. Uh, I, I I like the way you're framing it because it's letting people know that uh, young people, especially trying to find their, their path in life or career path or idea, I don't necessarily, I might want to be an accountant or whatever it is, but how can I take my authentic self, which may be kind of a hip hop ethos mm. and apply it to accounting? That right. you can do that. That that's not a that's not a that's that's a thing. And right. I like to say that there's no ass. I don't think I don't think there's any aspect of of society of work of life of living that can't be positively influenced from a hip hop sensibility. Like you said, even if you're a a, a plumber, a small business owner, yeah, the entrepreneurship angle. The, you know, there's so many ways you'd agree with that. That there's really no way that hip hop cannot benefit. Right. Or not be a, a positive impact on any aspect of someone's life. And again, right. it's not yeah. just the music and the and the specifics, the aesthetics of the culture, but it's the sensibility, it's the the mindset, the the ethos, the creativity, the innovation, the don't take no for an answer, the, all the hip hop <laughs> all the hip hoppy things, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, you know, when when my students, my cipher students go to different classes that are non-cipher, it's funny, my colleagues would say, you must be a cipher student. You have to be. (laughs) You pushing back a little bit too much, but I I appreciate that. Right, right, right. And and let me know just real quick, you know, what kind of, I don't know, anecdote or actual real live instance may stand out to you as a student that really appreciated the opportunity to present themselves in these ways, you know, through the class. Someone that came up to you and said, man, you know, this changes everything. I'm sure you've had more than one. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, it's funny. I had a returning student. Um, he's been working in the the uh, electrician business for quite some time, but found that that job was just not going to be working out. Um, he was coming into college uh, damn near the same age as I was. Mm. And so he was really reluctant to join in my class because, you know, you're in a class filled with 18-year-old kids. Right. And you're about the same age as a teacher, you know? It's like when, it's like when I had to go back and do my driver's, because <laughs> my license had got, and I had to go back and take like the five-hour class. Yeah, <laughs> I get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's taking my class, and a lot of my class is drawn from a lot of reflection. And for him, his reflection is through emceeing and through rapping. So for, for the first time in his life, he was given the opportunity to really spit his verses uh, in public, in a public space, in an educational space, that mm. means something. Mm. Fast forward today, um, he is applying to the master's program in counseling, right? He wants to be a college counselor um, to work with 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 youth that are that really had the shared experiences as he does. When he went back to school, he had a 15 year old daughter. Uh, you know, he was caught up in gang life, um, but he felt like, you know what, this is this is not the the trajectory that I want to be. I know I can do better, yeah. and for him. He felt like counseling to connecting with you was something that he wanted to do. And so for me, uh, you know, he's my shining star. Like really, um, you know, I see him as a colleague, as a peer, you know. Yeah, he used to be my student, but we chop it up. Hmm. uh, And he, you know, he's going to be a dope counselor. I can already feel it. And so with that sort of um, ethos, that that sensibility and the uh, the heart and passion, um, he's definitely one of my greats. 
Wow, that's amazing. That's, you know, and, and I think that's that epitomizes what you want out of the work you do is to yeah. obviously help make an impact and then pay it forward and do all those things. And then the see, touch on the counseling aspect r- real quick. Uh, you know, I've talked to folks, as you know, Dr. Ian Levy, and we talked about Elliot again, and, you know, folks who are like really, you know, preaching the, the counseling aspect of this, the, the mental health therapy aspect of, mm-hmm. of an integration of hip hop through some of this. I mean, it's, all, it's the same kind of thing. It's all connected and such. Yeah. Uh, again, just if you could just speak on that to people who aren't really uh, familiar with how, you know, we see how it could work in education, get you more excited about the subject matter and become a critical thinker and all these positive things. Uh, and, and you just touched upon it, you know, the fact that uh, this this gentleman was able to express himself through his poetry, mm-hmm. which, you know, if you put it that way, it's like, oh, yeah, we're, when we were kids, I'm like, write a poem about how you feel. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of a sudden we, can, we can't wrap it, though. It's, it's different. <laughs> um, can't wrap it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why can't yeah. we wrap it? It's the same thing. Uh, explain just to those who might not be familiar the intersection of hip hop and mental health therapy and how effective that can be. Yeah, absolutely. I think um – First and foremost, I, I think that when you when you utilize hip hop in, in these kind of spaces, you begin to shift away from this idea of being this content expert, right? Because when you're in education, you're considered this content expert or discipline expert. Right. But what we needed to do is is become context experts, and that means that we need to learn our about our students, right? And unfortunately, Manny, uh, when you're thinking about traditional or traditional. Uh, ways of counseling, that doesn't necessarily happen, especially in my profession as a college counselor, a traditional way of counseling is information giving, right? What that does, it doesn't allow a conversation between you and and the student, right? When you're talking about communities of color, that really is about storytelling, is really about like, and needing that authentic space, you have to really begin to shift this idea of traditional forms of counseling to much more transformative forms of counseling that it requires our students to be able to share their stories. And that's why hip hop, you know, hip hop is so good with it because part of the cornerstone of hip hop is storytelling, right? Right. When a student feels like they're able to share out their stories and their experiences, they're more likely to feel like, okay, maybe this college thing is, is right for me. Maybe if I connect with Nate or all these other faculty, um, maybe I can get somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. and it starts with, with one, two, three, and, and before you know it, it's all good. But it really, it really comes down to like really, uh, uh, allowing the context of our students to shine, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, in, in counseling, that doesn't necessarily come up too much. Yeah, uh, in the years that you've been, you know, kind of on the outskirts of all of the other institutions outside of your own, which has been accepting, and it's great when an institution gives you the the leeway to do these things. Uh, do you see that it's you know on on general overall in the industry of counseling and, and college mm-hmm. counseling? Do you find that these ideas are becoming more acceptable, easier, or are institutions which are so reluctant to change in the first damn place, yeah. uh, just continuing to kind of say, nope, especially now, we're too polarized. We're not changing anything. We don't want to, yeah. we're scared. How, how is the, the landscape? No, absolutely. I, I think it's slowly changing. I think, you know, uh, you know, within the last decade, um, I'm starting to see a, 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 a minor shift, at least, to becoming more culturally relevant and responsive to our students. Um, for me, I think the challenge is if we really want to, to move the needle, I think what needs to happen is begin to take a look at our counseling graduate programs and really see what type of curriculum that they're going for or, or they're teaching to our future counselors. If we're talking about mm-hmm. changing the face or or saving America or transforming America, it really starts from with education. And if our right. educational systems, particularly in counseling, if we're teaching the same concepts 
25 years ago today right and we're not moving the needle at all so we really gotta you know if we're going to produce more culturally responsive relevant counselors it has yeah. to start with graduate programs right teachers teaching the teachers how to teach absolutely <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah counselor education programs absolutely right right right, right. and and the small shifts in no small part i'm sure to you know work uh, that you do and, and others uh like you so that's uh i mean you know like you say you got to do the work and I guess having a, you know, a few letters after the name and coming down and letting people know, yeah, this works. This, you know, you got the receipts. We, we can't, you can't tell me nothing. So, right. Yeah. 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 That's Absolutely. what's up. So where does it go from from here? What's what's next sort of on your plate? Uh, we talked a little bit about the, the conference, how that might be reshaping uh, mm -hmm. the Cypher learning community, how that's adapting, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, the classes you have uh, come up. Is that sort of that's these are kind of your focus points now? Yeah. 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 And then just kind of like stepping forward a little bit, um, you know, I, I, I mentioned about the counselor education program. So part of part of having those letters behind my name now, mm -hmm. um, I feel like uh, part of the things that I want to do is walk into those spaces, to those programs and really share out like here's some of the ways we can begin to sh uh, reshape counseling and reimagine counseling, particularly with communities of color. Yeah. Um, so um, so for me, that's such a the, the, that's the big thing. Right. Because I could do the work, but there's only one of me. Right. right. So how might we? How can you bring that to scale? Bring that up to scale, <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be hip hop, right? It could be anything that's that's culturally responsive to the needs of our students. Right. And so that's really understanding your community at at, at best. And so, and, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, uh, and not only right, not only hip, uh, hip hop, but and not only you know what's typically associated with hip hop, you know, communities of color. There are, as you know, ethnic communities that don't get proper representation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, speak to speak to some of that as well. Is that that's part of it too? This is all kind of under the same umbrella. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you're working with like, particularly now with black indigenous people of color, when you think about traditionally marginalized communities that are, are often left on the margins and not necessarily given the opportunities to gain access and resources to be successful, like you have to put that at the forefront. If we're talking about changing the face of America or changing the systems of education, we have to be antagonizing and, and examining all the systems that, that creates that power and privilege for those who are dominant. But it takes a lot of folks that really says and name it and point it out and say, hey, these are the communities that need the support. We need right. to reshift and change these programs or we need to create more programs. Right. Um, but it really, you know, people say programs is going to change lives. Um, yeah, to a certain extent, but it starts with us. Yeah. Right. When we begin to change our, ourselves, our, our, our critical consciousness mm -hmm. to think now, like, OK, what is it about me that's, uh, you know, uh, contributing to this 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 gap this 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 opportunity gap for people or communities of color yeah how might I change as an educator because sometimes you got to put the mirror to the face and say right. well shoot like how can I be better because right. yeah you can have all the programs in the <clears throat> world but with the people behind it you need that you need that shift in consciousness yeah yeah absolutely I think that's why you know I titled the the podcast hip hop can save America and part of the 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 I guess the theory behind that uh, is that a, an equal or a more equitable education landscape really kind of it's terrible it's the worst and you know <laughs> saying but that that tide lifts all boats I know it's been problematic inside but it really can it can like improve if our collective output uh, needs to go up, then that could be if if our educational standards go up, if there's an equitable education lens, if people are better educated, if we can innovate better, and if we're given those opportunities, uh, and and programs like what you're talking about, 
just show that we can take communities that have been for whatever reason and there's a wide it's a whole nother show uh not had the resources you give the resources and there's mm-hmm. innovation and success the receipts are there it's pretty well mm-hmm. i don't know to an outsider it just you know it just makes sense I makes sense <laughs> and I, was like, okay. I mean we know why there's pushback yeah. Um, yeah, but we can also push back the pushback. So I think that's part of what this is all about. Yeah. Um, when I mentioned that, it's, it's the last question. Um, so I'll save it. Uh, and I'll let you go in a second. One of the things that I also want to point out while these, while the communities of color, ethnic communities, uh, underserved, under resourced, undervalued, quite frankly, communities can best benefit from the representation and the cultural relevancy and the, uh, cultural responsiveness. Um, this also has universal appeal. I mean, there are, you know, oh, yeah. there are poor white communities that don't get a lot of resources and those poor white kids listen to hip hop too. They have a, you know, they're kind of, they may, it may come from a different angle, uh, but not only can you engage them in the same kind of general way, but you also, I've found from talking to people that teach, um, you know, in majority white districts mm. and use kind of a hip hop based pedagogical approach uh, that you're also enhancing their cultural awareness, their cultural mm-hmm. understanding of folks that they may also know only from a cursory level, not be mm-hmm. associated with. Uh, you think that there's a universal application for all of these approaches? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think all communities can win. You know, yeah. um, you mentioned about like white communities that are utilize hip hop. Some some folks may say, oh, shoot, you know, you know, are they commodifying the culture or, or, or are they, you know, culture yeah, yeah. Pro- appropriating the culture when done properly with intention? And it can work because at the end of the day, I think you just mentioned it is is that white folks can then begin to learn about cultures and be much more um conscious and sensitive about about the needs and the issues that communities of colors experience. And the more they know, the more they can be able to to see themselves as as folks that can really help shape America, as opposed to being the the, the people that look like them, be the people <laughs> yeah. that divides and separates uh, these communities. Yeah. So it is it is a, it has a universal appeal. And then w- w- one last thing I want to also add that for me, I feel like, you know, hip hop is in our DNA. Right. When I think about communities of color, hip hop is in DNA. And what I mean by that, it's indigenous. I feel like when you think about the different elements of hip hop, you think about the Filipino culture, you think about the Native American culture, the Pacific Islander culture. In some ways, they have those four elements of hip hop already embedded in their culture. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that that multiple communities of color engages through hip hop because there's something that's really gravitating to them. Right. right. They got the music. They got the the, 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 the chants. They got the, the percussions, the instrumentation, the yeah. writing, all of that. That all exists in cultures around the world. And hip hop has a way to really bring that together. Yeah. And so I feel like like when if, if hip hop is, is, is here to stay, I'm telling you, people need to listen to folks that are engaged in this kind of conversations. If, if they really want to bring the folks of the people of America together. I mean, you, you answered the last question for me right there. That's that's about as well said as I could. I said, how can hip hop save America? Why does hip hop need to be in those discussions? And I think you you uh, you stated it right there because a lot of people will not include hip hop, won't even think about it. You know, at policy levels, and you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, what are the needs of the of certain constituencies, certain demographics in po- in politics. Um, bring some hip hop heads to the table, mm-hmm. you know, because that's a whole, yes, largely focused and all props due to communities of color that birthed it. But, but there's very few things that are sort of inclusive in nature and, and welcoming, protective of authenticity than, mm-hmm. than hip hop. Uh, and we can see that, as, you know, like you said, worldwide. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Dr. Nate Nevado, I appreciate your time. Man. Uh, it's you. been it's been great, you know, just getting a better perspective about the work you do um, and the work that, you know, this is all about. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I do appreciate your time and your work. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving us the space, man. And keep doing what you're doing, man. You're going to be number one soon, bro. <laughs> That's all good, man. I'll take whatever I can get. I appreciate you, man. Uh, stick around, you know, in the background or you could, you know, slide off. But it's been great to have you. All right. Peace. All right. Peace. Uh, there you have it, Dr. Nate Nevado. Again, the intersection of hip hop, education, counseling, all kind of mixed up uh, uh, in the academic side. But, you know, that's a hip hop dude right there. And uh, I appreciate his time and his work. So there you have it. Once again, Hip Hop Could Save America with Manny Faces streaming live Monday to Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern. Also available as a podcast. Please go to whatever podcast app you, you can find. Uh, matter of fact, you can subscribe on all your podcast apps and set those auto downloads just so you know we get a couple of couple of numbers popping but uh do subscribe to hip-hop can save america the podcast all of these dailies get popped up on the feed uh, and then a couple of bonuses uh when i can get them in i know i owe you guys one i have it it's coming so with that being said once again uh my name is manny faces you can follow me on all the socials and i do drop a lot of gems uh, about these intersections very often if you want you can support the work patreon.com slash manny faces uh, we give uh, a couple of special treats to uh, patrons. I want to be able to shout out and, and spread the word about your projects or your activities or anything you might want to, uh, you know, put the world onto. Thank you for everyone checking in. I just want to give some shout outs real quick. Sh uh, shouts to Rissa. Shouts to Tom LaRock. If you're still on there, Eddie Obando. What up, bro? Uh, Lenny Mayfield. Wow. OG friend on the interwebs. Appreciate you. Uh, if you're still tuned in, uh, I appreciate you very much. And uh, once again, thank you to Uprocks and Revolt. Uh, for both listening to this podcast as sort of a must-listen uh, podcast um, for music and hip-hop and all the good things. I guess that's about it, y'all. I feel like I want to spend some more time with you, but I'll let y'all go. It's Monday. I appreciate your time. Uh, once again, find us on podcast apps, and we'll be back here tomorrow. There's links in the comments section if you didn't see them, including our newsletter, which will be kicking back uh, in October. I basically, I can't do it all, so I need a little time to get through this month. Uh, but we start sending out newsletters again, which is a free newsletter, a compilation. If you like this discussion, if you like the discussions that we're having, uh, the newsletter sort of curates and collects articles from different sources around the web uh, and, and puts them in one spot. All about innovative, inventive, and inspiring uses of hip-hop. Uh, if you have any other comments, questions, or, you know, s uh, praise, uh, you can email me, DM me, do all the things. Uh, and that's about it. I'll see you guys tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern on Hip Hop Can Save America, the live version. <sighs> Nap time. Love y'all. Peace. Once again, thanks for listening to another episode of Hip Hop Can Save America, a.k.a. the world's most important hip hop podcast. My name is Manny Faces. You can find out more about the show at hiphopcansaveamerica.com. You can watch the show now as a live stream on YouTube, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Check back for all the replays as well. The interviews from the live stream will be brought here onto the audio feed, so you always get the best of the live stream. You can also check out our Substack newsletter. It's free at mannyfaces.substack.com, filled with stories of hip-hop innovation, inspiration, and in general, hip-hop news that isn't about dumb shit. <laughs> Eternal shouts to our consulting producer, Summer McCoy. Be sure to check out her dope initiatives, Hip Hop Hacks, and the Mixtape Museum. We'll be back soon with another dope episode, but check us out on the live stream as well. Mondays, 9 p.m. Eastern, hiphopcansaveamerica.com slash watch. Until next time, 
It's Manny Faces wishing peace and love to you and yours.